worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Columbia Calling Podcast, episode number 506. I'm Richard McCall, your host here in Bogota, Colombia. And this week's very special guest is none other. Yes, you'll know the name. You know who he is. We got to meet in person, Daniel Eggington. Now, those of you who have been listening to the podcast for some years will know that Daniel has been on probably four or five times. Uh, as we discussed his adventures and expeditions through Colombia's jungles. Of course, you'll remember some episodes ago, I spent a whole episode trying to talk him out of trekking the Darien jungle up the Pacific side from Colombia to Panama. Well, in 2022, he went ahead and did it and succeeded. Uh, yes, there were scrapes. He was abandoned by his guide. He admitted that it was the hardest thing he'd ever done. Uh, but he's out, and he's been training ever since, and he's back in Colombia, and he'll be heading down to Guainia shortly. Uh, the day this uh, goes out, he'll be heading down to the jungles for a potentially foolhardy expedition, but certainly very ambitious, very adventurous. He'll be going along uh, Guainia down into the Rio Negro. That's the river that uh, meets with the Amazon River and all the way up to Manaus. Now, this is an expedition that can possibly take up to three months in length. So there you go, three months he's going to be in the jungles. Maybe he'll be out beforehand. We will be, we are on his uh, list of people to contact. We'll be getting the daily updates from his GPS. So we'll keep you informed uh, by our social media. And well, we got to sit down, Daniel and myself, we got to sit down in uh, his uh, lodgings here in Bogota and speak quite frankly face-to-face about the reasons for this expedition, uh, what he hopes to get out of it, his fears, and so on. It's a great conversation with a guy who's, well, clearly, you know, trying to make a niche for himself in this world of that of uh, becoming an expedition expert. And... Uh, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually quite uh, in, held in thrall by this. In fact, uh, if I was much younger, had no family and better knees, I may even have uh, accompanied him on it. But no, not now. Uh, so this will be talking. We'll be talking to Daniel Eggington now. For those of you who are paid subscribers on Patreon, well, first and foremost, thank you. Patreon.com forward slash Columbia Calling. Uh, the next week's episode, 507, with Zach Meese explaining to us what nearshoring is and the industry taking hold there in Medellin, Colombia. So very interesting, that perspective, business 
nearshoring. Uh, it's not outsourcing, it's nearshoring. Uh, he explains the differences and the benefits from Medellin. He obviously works in it. He's uh, from Ohio. But that episode is now available for paid subscribers on YouTube. You can just click on uh, the link in the Patreon page for that. Uh, so thank you to Zach for his time and thank you to Daniel for his time. And of course, we hope to be able to see Daniel on the other side when he's out from Manaus. Um, we'll get a, some feedback from his uh, incredible expedition down the Rio Negro. So we've called it the Blackwater Amazon Expedition. And we wish him all the best and Godspeed on this expedition and this adventure down in the southern jungles, not only bordering Colombia, but Venezuela and into Brazil. So that's uh, the intro for episode 506. And now we'll go over to the Columbia briefing with Emily Hart and then back with Daniel Eggington on episode, uh, segment three. Thank you again. Don't go away. The Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by... BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique private package of your own just complete the form on the columbia calling website that's www.columbiacalling.co or the bnb columbia tours website that's www.bnbcolumbia.com and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive colombian adventure so that's bnbcolumbia.com and latin news Com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. I'm Emily Hart, and these are your headlines from Colombia for this week. Illegal armed groups in the country strengthened in military terms last year, according to a new report by think tank Fundación Ideas para la Paz. Clashes between armed groups increased by 54% compared to the year before, though clashes with the national security forces remained at a low level. Several new territorial disputes between illegal armed groups emerged during 2023. Humanitarian affectations, however, decreased last year, with forced displacement dropping by 24% and murder of social leaders dropping by 15%. Massacres, meanwhile, remained at similar levels, while confinements and kidnappings increased. The think tank concluded that the drop in humanitarian affectations is not thanks to peace talks, but is merely a strategy by armed groups to make the most of the government's total peace policy, avoiding the most visible violence against the civilian population in order to maintain dialogue with the state without actually committing to dismantle their armed structures or their territorial control. There are now 2,100 endangered species in Colombia, according to a new list published by the Ministry of Environment this week. 
Colombia is the most diverse country in the world per square kilometer, with more than 75,000 species of animal, plant and fungi. The new red list includes 800 species added to those considered threatened in 2017, the last year in which the register was made. It's an increase of 38% designed to protect more species. The academics who built the list say it is not that there are more species at risk than previously, just that there is now more information available. There are 465 species considered critically endangered, 801 considered endangered, and 837 considered vulnerable. All of these assessed based on how well-conserved ecosystems are and approximately how many members of the species are left. Of the 465 most threatened species, there are around 270 plants, including Colombia's iconic wax palm, more than 120 animal species, including the Andean condor, and 50 species of fungi. Concerningly, of the 794 amphibians assessed, 94% are at risk of extinction. A shipwreck near the Darien Gap between Panama and Colombia has killed at least four people this week, believed to be migrants being transported through a dangerous area of sea by people smugglers from an armed group. Last year's statistics for people passing through the area were double those of 2022, with more than 500,000 migrants crossing the dangerous Darien jungle to reach Panama, most of whom are Venezuelan, Ecuadorian and Haitian. Colombia, meanwhile, is ranked the second country of origin of migrants to Mexico as of figures released this week, behind the USA, but ahead of China, Cuba, Venezuela, Argentina and India. The Colombian government has declared a prison emergency after two murders and four attacks on prison officials this month. The wave of violence in the country's prisons is, according to the Minister of Justice, a set of reprisals for the government's forceful blows against leaders of criminal structures and against the government plan to reduce corruption and extortion operations being run from within prisons. In the last week, the authorities also found threatening pamphlets in the prison of Armenia, signed by a group naming themselves Muerte a Guardianes Opresores, Death to Oppressive Wardens, announcing a plan to assassinate prison guards and protesting against transfers to parts of the country far from their families. The government planned to reinforce police and military presence around all prisons in the country and direct resources towards security. The Constitutional Court has made repeated declarations in recent years about overcrowding, violence and poor conditions. Currently, around 15,000 guards guard 170,000 imprisoned people. Of the country's 26 health providers known as EPS, only five comply with requirements to operate, according to the controller's office this week. The other 21 have a combined debt of 25 billion pesos, much of which is owed to bodies like hospitals and clinics which provide services directly to patients. This level of debt breaks legal requirements for health providers, though the president of the union has said that the problem is structural and more complex than it appears, and that the Colombian health system as a whole spends more than it receives. Colombia's gross domestic product, its GDP, grew by 0.3% in the last quarter of 2023, narrowly avoiding falling into a technical recession after the economy's contraction between July and September of last year. With these figures, 2023 closed with a 0.6 increase in GDP, the lowest in the last two decades aside from 2020. The International Monetary Fund and the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development had estimated a 1.4 increase in GDP. 
Colombian banks, including the central bank, had predicted growth of 1%. Finance Minister Ricardo Bonilla has warned that there will be a deficit of 15 trillion pesos, around 4 billion US dollars, if the economy continues to stagnate and if tax collection increases only at the rate of inflation. The finance ministry has also announced over a billion dollars in new loans for the year to go towards general budget as well as peace plans. The loans are from the German State Development Bank and the Inter-American Development Bank. Earlier this month, the Colombian government raised its fiscal deficit goal to 5.3% of GDP for the year, up from 4.5%, citing the need to boost growth. Those were your top stories for this week. Thanks for listening. And we're back. This is Columbia Calling. I'm Richard McCall here in Bogota. It's uh, 2,600 meters close to the stars. And I'm here in person. In person. I've left the house with Daniel Eggington. If you remember the explorer who's been on about five times, the last time we spoke was in 2022, if I'm not mistaken, when he crossed the western side of the Darien Gap, not the eastern side, the Caribbean side, where the migrants cross but the other side, the untraveled side, from Jurado up into Panama. And I remember him saying, it's the worst thing I've ever done. Daniel, welcome on the Columbia Calling Podcast in person. Yes, I'm back in <laughs> Colombia. I feel Colombian. <laughs> you feel Colombian and everything's fine and you're here. Uh, first and foremost, let's just describe where we are. Uh, I, I've come down into sort of deep commercial Chapinero and the directions were it's the place with the big rabbit on the wall and that's exactly it there's a painting of a huge rabbit and it's well it's it's a different place down here uh, Airbnb and so on but this is your your hold up here until you leave I guess on Tuesday yeah so on Tuesday I fly out again uh, my first time in Chapinero. Um, I've been in Bogota a few times in the past, but it's the first time here. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Very um, touristy. Yeah, cosmopolitan <laughs> and touristy. So we've got to do it. Something, there's something about Colombia. There's something about Colombia that keeps bringing you back. Well, first and foremost, there was like the failed trips through the Darien, and then you did it success, successful. And now this time you're going to Guainia? Yeah, okay. I, yeah I go to Guainia, start in Balpez, uh in Me Too. And then I'll travel from Mitu into Guainia to begin the trip. So now, this is way down there. We look at a map of, of, uh, of, of Colombia. Right into Mitu is Vichada. So this is the department way down into the Amazon. Mitu was the only capital city to be completely taken by the guerrillas back in the day. The FARC lodged it because, of course, it's not connected by, well, aside from rivers, it's not connected by roads to the rest of the country so they could show their force. But you have been, this is a way back, that things have changed down there. You have decided to do an adventure from Mitu. So tell us. Yes. So the next expedition is, like I say, it's a few, it's a few notches well above the last, as in ex, uh, time, primarily. Uh, in comparison, the last few trips I've done in Latin America, from Ethereum to Guyana, um, this one's going to take me around three months, if all goes well. Um, so I'll get into Valpez, into Mitu, and then I have to catch another 
plane from Mitu to Morichal, and then Morichal to a start point called Laurel, which is a community um, which have given me permission now. And then I've got to find the beginning or the start point of the Rio Negro. Okay, and you're going to follow the Rio Negro into where it connects with the Amazon? Yes, so I'll follow the Rio Negro through a untouched reserve, if I'm pronouncing it right, they're called the Puinawi Reserve. And it will go through, it follows then into the Venezuelan border. I have mapped it out, I'll be on the Venezuelan border you know, for around 200 miles, and then it will turn east onto into Brazil. Um, and then, yeah, I'll continue following it through uh, Brazil. Uh, so how many kilometers or miles in total is this expedition? So the miles is the best way I can explain it, as in like mice, yeah. st- like sterling. Although yeah. it is... My route is 1,100, 1,200 miles that I've mapped out, and that is following it at the best and the shortest, like following the corners round, keeping close to the bank as I possibly can. The entire river from start to um, end is 1,400 miles, give or take. 1,400 miles through jungle. Now, I, I have to ask, before we get into this again, again I'm going to get into the minutiae of, of this adventure, this, uh, this uh, expedition. But you know about the story of the indigenous Toto children who, who got lost for 40 days in the jungle. And, you know, there's a very spiritual element to it. And the, the duendes or the jungle spirits looked after them. Do you, I mean, is there any fear in your mind about getting lost and then, well, perishing? Because you're saying it's three months. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's always fear in any of the trips and any of the expeditions that I do, and anyone who doesn't have a level of fear doing these things, I think they're they're, they're sassed anyway. Um, but yeah, there's always fear. But you've got to do everything you possibly can to um, mitigate the risks in a sense. So I've got local knowledge, um, I've got the permissions, and I've done this over time for, for the last seven years. Spent a lot of time in the jungles from Guyana, Panama, Brazil, Colombia. Um, I think the knowledge of the tropical, especially Latin America, the geography specifically, will be, uh, it's a a strong point of mine. Okay, so remind me, how old are you? I'm 32. 32, so you're in peak physical fitness, that side of things doesn't worry you. What about rain? I mean, because it's going to rain. Yeah, I mean. Wet. There's not a thing that I'll be able to do to prevent that. But it's just being comfortable, uncomfortable, I think, is the best way to explain it. Um, constantly wet, I have kind of committed to that. That's what's going to happen. And it's, it's like I say, that comes with all the tropical diseases in the Amazon Basin. Um, but, yeah, I'm wet. Because I know the Darien, the western side, when you did it, so let's say the Pacific side, when you did it, was just wet, right? I mean, you had video, uh, well, let's say recordings of yourself at night in the rain. I think you those those uh, deadfall logs, trees that fall in the night, the widow makers were falling around you, uh, bugs, I can imagine. But, I mean, let's let's just jump to one question that I know my listeners will ask. If something terrible happens, let's say you slip, God forbid, break a leg, uh, can you get out? I've, I've connected with a, a, a massive organization in the UK that manages and specializes in risk management and security and the global risk side of things. And I have been put on one of their uh, 
their programs in a sense that they've, they've got a search and rescue capabilities there's issues i've got daily check-ins with them i've got um i've done security briefings with them and they're up there with the world leaders uh, it's called north cop global solutions and i've met them um, a couple of times in london and i'm in regular contact even now giving them their addresses of where i'm staying within bogota uh, and i'll be of course speaking to them on, on a daily basis that is my fall back Something does so you have it, like happens. a satellite phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A satellite phone to these people. Equally, equally so. I mean, it's nothing immediate because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a several hour flight down there from Bogota. Yeah. I mean, let's let's give you guys the idea. If you look at the map and then sort of look south and east, that's where we're looking to towards Venezuela. It's one of the, if not the most underpopulated department in Colombia. Um, uh, so you say you fly to Mitu and then you've got to get one of these jungle hopper planes, the ones that are always going down, uh, over to the next place, which will be an Indian reservation, indigenous reservation. Uh, I suppose you'll be there for a few days setting up, talking to uh, the locals. Will will you have a guide to get you to the, the trailhead, let's say? Yes, I've spoken to someone again yesterday who I've been speaking to for the last seven or eight months. Um, I've given them the latest update, which will be next week I'll arrive. They say, yes, no problem, I'll come and meet you. He's the one that's given permission because I spoke to the, the consulate um, earlier last year and they said, no, you can't go there, that area's closed. Um, due to it not being open to the public. So then I connected mm. with the indigenous community, like the leaders in that community, and they said, yeah, it's not an issue. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you'll be you'll have been the only uh, probably European down there in a long time, unless there's, I'm sure, biologists and, and botanists have been. Uh, but at the same time, this is not an area that's travelled to. Yeah, you talk to the embassy, they've got their and the consulate they've got their remit regarding places to visit but if you get the local permission from let's say the the shamans the mammals the the leaders there's no issue at all um obviously you have to compensate them in some way uh they asked for for money or or something yeah they um i understand that i'll have to pay for the service because i want to put the money back in the community into the economy the local economy i've never ever in all the years booked something from the uk i've always got to the country and I put money directly back into the community and I think that's appreciated and it's it's it's, it's good for me. So what is well. what is uh, what is the aim of this of this expedition? So I think the last few expeditions of Guyana, the Daring Gap, that has been huge successes and again there's I'm seeing all of last year I was earning money from these trips now. But I, like I say, I work within the UK, two jobs in the UK. Well, I want to make this adventure, lifestyle, this an income, a career for me. And last year, I've seen that it's possible from um, after the success of the Daring Gap. How, how do you make money? So it's just taught organisations within the, 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 the UK, especially Rotary Club. They've called me in for a number of talks. Uh, I do a lot of just walk and talk guides with ex-forces uh, up and down the hills in the UK. You're from the Midlands, right? You're from yeah. around Birmingham, that area. Yeah. And so you're up and down in the so the Brecon Beacons in that yeah. area? Okay, yeah. so it's been a long time since I was over in that side of the country. Um, and that's your training. You train there. Of course, very different to the training here. Um, I, I'm still getting my head around the distance and the time. Uh, you say three months. Is there a possibility that you could be out faster? Yeah, if everything, everything goes well, it should be early May, which it worked out to two and a bit months from this day. If that's 10, 15 more a day, every single day uh, on the river, 
And I, of course, I understand that it's going to be rapids that I won't be able to go down on the on the canoe, what I will. And then I've done a number of courses in the UK to be able to get around them. Uh, you're, you're carrying a canoe with you, but it's one of those uh, inflatables. No. You know, so I have, I'm kind of replicating the trip that I did in, in Guyana. I'm buying a local indigenous canoe, so community wooden dugout canoe, um, which I'll be doing it on as well and so, um, so the whole way is going to yeah, be canoeing yeah. but it's still a long way yeah. and you say the rapids so you're going to have to carry the canoe around the rapids yeah again um, <laughs> that's um, a huge logistical change that we did before in Guyana and it worked out so we'd I mean the rapids are half a mile from what I've seen there's two we're closer especially when we get into Brazil that's probably a, the river gets a lot wider um, a lot narrower narrower uh, shallower sorry as well and then it's just going around the rapids through the um, through the bank, maybe 400 meters, going back onto the, the river. But how have you, I mean, it's hardly mapped the area. How have you studied these rapids? And stuff? Google oh, Earth, I imagine. Yes, literally Google Earth, and of course, the organization that I've got um, the satellite image and the security, they've got all yeah. their, their intelligence from the area. And I've mapped it out mile by mile. I've looked, which took me two weeks, probably over Christmas. And I've said, rapids here, I've added notes, and that'll always, that'll all be on the, um, the GPS device. So, Whatever I found out from the satellite and the information that I got, it translates onto my, my GPS map device. And food. Food. <laughs> for, I'm going to rely heavily on the local community. I will, of course, take emergency rations with me, and they should last me a day, two days. And by that time, I should find a new community or initiate the emergency protocol, which I've got in place. But it will be fishing and piranhas. I think you can catch like I've spent... Yeah, easy yeah. enough to catch them in the in the Amazon. Yeah, I mean they they do this one, but I mean, wow! So you're going. That's why it's going to take time because it's not as if it's one continual journey. You're going to have to stop, uh, not just camping at night, but say today. Today is a day to replenish uh, resources, to replenish uh, my my food resources. I mean, you're so deep into that area. Are there jaguars? Are yeah. there ocelots? Yeah, jaguars, puma. I think the biggest um, risk, I think it's going to be, I think more more sort of venomous snakes. I mean, that'll be, I mean, a jaguar see me long before I see it oh, yeah. and it'll, um, it'll track it'll, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've seen, I've only ever seen one and that was in Guyana and they, they hit the road straight away. Yeah, it was, yeah. But it's, like I say, it's interesting to see. And there's like snakes. A picture of one. Snakes. Snakes. Snake kit, snake bite kit. I have a really good um, first aid kit. But I think prevention is the best thing. Don't get caught. Don't get bit. Um, but yeah, so I've got all the first aid kit. Venomous snakes going to be ten to the dozen. Yeah, and I mean, of course, you know, just things that we've never seen. I'm sure that there's poisonous frogs. I'm positive that every bug is out to kill you. I don't know. It sounds like something I would enjoy doing while I'm I'm more than ten years older than you. So a long time ago, and I did go into Kakata and up the river, but I, we took. We took indigenous guides with us all the way. In fact, the, the one boat driver was actually a fart gorilla, which we found out later. But they, that was their way of giving us permission to travel up. So that brings me to my next point. What is the security situation? This is still Colombia, after all. What is the security situation? I've spoken to as many people as possible I can. Um, and the biggest issue i've been told it's it's going to be the the, tro the trouble people that are out there i've been told 
by a, um, a local like a friend of yours, Carlos Villalon, said yeah, that yeah. he knew someone that was shot at with arrows a few years back um, in that region. But security in a security sense, I think it's going to be more the gold miners. I think in that area. Yeah, that's a serious issue, and I mentioned on the Brazilian side could be the uh, uh, illegal loggers. Yeah, I mean Brazil. I think it, it picks up a lot of in the village density when I get into Brazil from what the maps are seeing. So it's going to be more travelled, more uh, the traffic on the river is going to be more, which is going to bring the more unsavoury characters. So the Brazilian side, that that part of the Amazon, is that the part that then you you come down into it, but I would say probably east of. Um, East of uh, Tabatinga yeah. and and and, yeah. and Iquitos, which is you know obviously the connection. So I will have travelled that area. I've done Manaus to Belém, Belém all the way to Tabatinga, but on a ro- local transport uh, again way back in the day. And you will be then coming in on that big river there, but that's the end of it, really. Yeah. So the river, the Rio Negro, runs parallel yeah. to the Amazon and. When it ends is when it connects to Manaus, yeah. um, and you can see the change in the there's color. That, of the, there's that line. Yeah, you can yeah. change the color. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it will be east of Tabatinga, more southeast, I would say. Yeah. I think the Amazon's a bit more further north. So yeah. Um, so and, your your final stop is Manaus. Yeah. So Sao Gabriel, um, which is a really it's, large town. It's yeah. on the way. Yeah. So I'll tell you an anecdote of mine on that river transport when I did it back in probably 2001 or 2000 or something. No, it was before that, but never mind. Um, on the river transport, some, one of the boys working the boat, we never saw, he was in the engine room, in the pitch black darkness, tried to rob stuff from my backpack because it was underneath my hammock because we were all strung up in hammocks. There's about 50 people in there. Uh, me and there was another French guy. We were the only two, uh, let's say, Europeans on there. Uh, he tried to rob the stuff from my hammock and that night, the guy, he, he didn't rob anything in the end, but he was then someone in a fight threw him overboard and he drowned. And we had to then go up a tributary to the local police checkpoint. And I was the number one suspect in a murder case on the Amazon channel. And I just wanted you to remember, it is the Wild West out there. I mean, you know that. And you will have read about, and I forgive me for forgetting his name, many years ago, a very famous, I think it was New Zealander sailor was up there charting environmental um, issues and so on. Peter is what I want to say. And he was killed by by people, I think, because he was registering illegal logging and so on. I mean, it's, be careful where you take out your camera, because I know that you document everything. Yeah. I mean, the stories of the English teacher as well. She was in, I think, the area in Brazil that is going to be really iffy is Kowari. Mm. And I was told about that from years ago when I visited Brazil and Manaus. And like Kowari is where, uh, that's where all the illegal gold miners, that's where they bring in the drugs from, the Amazon. And she was canoeing from source to end. And she got, like I say, she pulled up a camp, a tent. And they thought she was an uh, opposite group. They just ran in, shut her, didn't realise she was British. And then they they robbed her to try and make money because they, they thought she was uh, like a, an opposing group camping yeah. out in their area. But they robbed her, um, but physically yeah. she was unharmed. She ended up dying. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I did not, I can't remember. I have to look up these stories. But um, yeah, again, it's, but you know what you're signing up for. Um, you can't, 
100% prepare for it. You did do the Western, or so say the Pacific side, because it's kind of east to west, really, um, of the Darien. You've been in Guyana. Guyana, they call the gold miners the pork knockers, don't they? And, stuff. and that's, pretty, that's pretty hairy up there yeah. as well. So you, you've got an idea. But these rivers, that's what my concern is, is see, these rivers are becoming a highway for the transshipment of, of cocoa paste. And especially since Brazil is a... It's not just a... Uh, 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 transit country, it's a consumer country, and of course the illegal logging that was pre- I mean, almost legitimized under President Bolsonaro, the last president in Brazil. This is going to be interesting. Is there a, a feeling on your side if you can get photos of this you might be able to highlight some of the issues affecting the Amazon? Yeah, again a big goals of my trip is always raising awareness of conservation be human rights conservation and it's, it's a big point of the talk that I do in the UK why I do these things. I don't do them because I'm foolhardy and I want to go into risk-averse areas. Um, I want to go to places. I want to document things. I want to be able to be able to tell the story of what's going on in certain areas. So, again, that's, that's another avenue that I do when I'm back in the UK. So, yeah, we will be giving talks. Now, your family back in the UK, I remember that you are, it's your, your brother that you have contact with he's a boxer he is quite well known um and i was in touch with him last time that you were you were in the darien just sending him messages when you checked in because you just sent this message uh just as you got out on the panamanian side yeah. i think and i was just like oh, this call came in at breakfast you know i'm feeding my my kids i'm like oh my god that's daniel eggington <laughs> uh, so i was able to send a message to your brother he's got my number still for yeah. any check-ins with him because i think he's very worried um and i mean how has he reacted to this lifestyle of yours he my mom was really worried recently but my brother's kind of turned over a leaf he said to my mom and i quote i'm quoting him mom life's not a rehearsal and he said that to my mom and that's kind of kind of took a back step so he's obviously very worried i spoke to him yesterday because i did a hike to bogota and everyone said you're going to get robbed if you go to Montserrat and all that no. sort of and i put that to him and he's like oh just stay away just do your risky trip and just stay in the accommodation so he's obviously got a worry still but like i say um, it, life's not a rehearsal if you've got to do these things and it's, it's a draw yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna always be doing them well this is your passion yeah. Um, and you said you said you were able to. You, you've seen that you're able to make a living from this. But I mean, I guess you get sponsorship in the GPS stuff. You've got yeah. the, the people from Northcote helping out. Who else have been uh, so, signed up for you? So there is a few organisations. So I've done a lot of work with an organisation called Space to Talk, and they do a lot of mental health support within the UK. They'll do like a therapy up in the hills. So we'll be a, a qualified psychologists that have been walking up and down the hills with people and it's just about testing people to their limit being a bit of beasting and then they open up a little bit and i've been working with them and they're they're fully aware of what's going on with this trip and i will be in contact with them hennessy hammock they've been on board for years now and they provide the best hammocks especially for the environment that i'm going to and water to go which is a huge one as well and i've got two bottles of them and that's probably one of the most important things that i do carry as a filter bottle for i mean i've drunk out the amazon river canals everything and, and that filters it properly. You're not going to yeah. get Bill Hart's here or no. very, you know, so what we call it, Canada, beaver fever or something, you know. Because so. yeah. that, I mean, you know, you get 
you get a dysentery or something, that's the end. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And, of course, you've got all the different inoculations uh, yeah. for the tropical fever. Yellow fever, typhoid, yeah. obviously malaria. I'm sure there's dengue in there, although it tends to be more urban. But uh, what else? I mean, so, yeah. other things. I've had all the all rabies. Yeah. Big rabies because of the bats. Um, but, yeah, so I've had every single one of them. In regards to malaria, I've been advised I shouldn't take malaria tablets for that long. No. Um, and there is now, which I should have probably got in touch with, the malaria vaccine that they're trialling in countries, which maybe I could have pitched for that. And Brazil is Brazil has, is, is uh, with a trial uh, dengue vaccine now. Oh, okay. uh, so having been a malarial sufferer and a dengue and hemorrhagic dengue sufferer myself, uh, I can tell you that see, yeah, malaria is that, the malarial pills are actually better to take sort of let's say afterwards, yeah. as a as a you know as a cure rather than a prevention. Because if you get malaria while you're taking the pills. The strain usually gets gets more uh, uh, fortified, uh, and then you have to increase the doses okay. dosage afterwards, and that's really really uh, painful on like your liver and the rest of your your body. Now dengue, it's just managing the uh, fever yeah. and staying hydrated. Do you carry things like a drip with you and stuff just in case? No, um, as. I mean, a drip, I mean... It's hard. Yeah, yeah. doing it in, in an austere environment or hostile environment, that would be really hard. Even the, the hygiene side of things, I think, would be a really, really yeah. big one. So, You're going to get boot rot and everything. I yeah. mean, like the, like the, the soldiers in Vietnam, yeah. <laughs> the boot rot. Um, how, how are you going to dry? I mean, if you've got the hammock, the Hennessy hammocks, they dry out fast. Yeah. I mean, that's the deal. And you've got, obviously, a, a, you know, a tarp that you're going to be hanging yeah. over yourself. But how do you pr- propose drying out? Or will that be on the t- days that you sort of stop yeah. to regroup? I think it's going to be – I mean, I, I shouldn't be hanging around too long in many locations anyway. That's what I, I don't want. But the moment I, I just want bed, dry bed clothes, I think that's going to be the big thing. So if I can have a set of dry shorts – um, and keep my boots able to be able to get into them as quick as I can. Mm. Then I think that's the, the biggest thing, best thing I can do. Well, keeping dry, yeah. Other than it's going to be so it's sort of like a, a change of clothes at the end of each day. Yeah. Isn't it? It's yeah. basically it's just uh, just rotating and hoping that it dries. Yeah. Um, the, the the walking clothes and the canoeing clothes. Now, two further questions that are occurring to me. And questions keep occurring to me as I as we talk because I knew it was going to be a good conversation. Now, Carlos Villalon, who is the basically a conflict photographer who's been on the show, you know, he's done the Darien however many times, takes photos, he did uh, some recording for PBS, he's done Outside Magazine, whomever, it's probably the guy who most knows that track, along with the migrants and has been into other places. His friend who was shot at by arrows, have you been able to contact the person to speak to them? No, I did raise the question and I tried to find the exact location, but there's been no comeback. I mean, that would be a Brilliant source of information. Because yeah. <laughs> you sort of get the idea. This is a this is a sacred uh, reservation, a sacred area that is well. It's so out of the way. People perhaps don't want you in there. I hope that you don't pass like those uncontacted tribes in Brazil because they, again they don't want to see you. Yeah. <laughs> so how would you How would you deal with this? I will keep my distance as much as I can. Um, I'm not getting involved in that sort of thing, so I, I won't be hanging around in, um, like you say, like traditional mm. villages. I'll probably take pictures, and if they tell me to get going, I'll get going. But I won't be hanging around for them reasons. 
because it's out of respect, it's out of the aim. What I want, I want to raise awareness and stop the the the, the decimation, yeah. if, you, if you call it that. And I've got to practice what I preach. Yeah. And then I mean, it's, it's the other thing that came into my head is like you're going to be lonely. How do you yeah. deal with that? I mean, let's say let's say you're saying three months. Let's say sixty days of the ninety, more or less, are going to be with no one around. I mean, I love my 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 my, my alone time, but again, like that, that is a lot um, of alone time. And I'll just I've just got downloaded music on my phone, like some old <laughs> reggae, and that's what I will. You've got a solo charger, I imagine. Yeah. So, yeah okay. You've got some old reggae to play. The first yeah. reggae to ever be played in some of that area. You'll have to do things like that when you're playing, like, I don't know, Bob Marley or something, yeah. or uh, Pablo. Um, so, okay. And now you go on Tuesday. Now, my friend Joshua Collins, the freelance journalist, uh, Pirate Wire and so on, he's coming down with you, right? Yeah, I met him two days ago, and we had a conversation. We agreed on the, the time frame. But, yes, Josh will be ideally coming out with me for five to seven days. Um, as potentially as far as Laurel, but if it, if but Morichel at the the very least. So yeah, he'll, at the very least, the jumping off point. Yeah. But he might come the first day with you or so yeah. to Laurel, um, and he's going to be there. Uh, I guess interviewing, photographing, and everything else to me. You, you know, should the worst happen, he'll be the last person to see you. <laughs> That would be a nice little ender yeah. for my mom to hear. Yeah, that one. yeah, there you go. No, but I don't want to. <laughs> no, I don't want to say it. But it, you know, genuinely you, true. Yeah, you're really going out there. I mean, yeah. are you gonna? I'm, I'm starting to think of like the the soldiers who are in the trenches who left the letter in there. You know, yeah. within their breast. Are you gonna give him letters and so, stuff? <clears throat> I have got a will, as morbid as that sounds. We have to have a will, everyone. Um, and it's more of a sarcastic thing to the family, like trying to put cheer into the morbidity and the, the sadness if the worst does happen. But yeah, um, I'll just try not to think about it. When that happens, then the family get a sarcastic message and. They hopefully laugh. Are you a, are you genuinely a, a sarcastic person that they'll understand that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they'll say that's that's <laughs> Daniel there. Okay, he's doing what he's doing. See, I'm just thinking because you know I, I I do a lot of reading about the Amazon. I used to work a, a fair bit in the Amazon, and I think of the the noble failures of expeditions. And you know Henry Ford tried to set up a whole uh, community which then failed. Fordlandia uh, to provide the rubber for for the you know, increase in tires and so on. I think about there was some special forces guy who, who didn't he kayak from the mouth to the source as well? I mean, the one last year, there was two ex-Marines who tried to, and um, they got shot. They survived. Yeah. They ended up fighting, um, I don't know who was, probably a, a logger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they had taken the gun off him and then they swam about a mile to the village with two gunshot wounds. And there was the, the uh, Michael... Or Tom, the journalist, who yeah, was up there. Something to do with the flowers. Not well, he was up there. He was actually they yeah. were doing they were doing the flowers, but they were also uh, detailing the deforestation yeah. in Brazil. I want to say Tom Phillips. Um, he wrote. He used to write for the Guardian, and you know the the people who let's say pulled the trigger are found, but yeah. the people who send the orders are yeah. never found. And that's. I just think I think there'll be the when you're most alone you'll be at risk of human error. And then when you're in areas where there are humans, you're at risk of, of human violence. Yeah. 
you've worked that one out clearly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you are healthy. Um, do, you, do you know how to use a gun? Yes, um, we've done. I've done little basic shooting thing, shooting courses and that. But I would never even. I wouldn't contemplate taking one because then that gives you a new dynamic. And that question is asked quite a lot. Mm. Even do your talks. Do you, can you get a gun? Can you, will you carry a gun? That would be a different dynamic. Say a group does come across me, or uh, even the military, where you're carrying a gun, mm. then it's a whole deal. I'm getting locked up in a Brazilian or Venezuelan prison, <laughs> or yeah. I'm getting um, killed because they think I'm bloody DEA. Yeah, I mean. I wouldn't carry a gun either. Uh, when we did our when we did our expedition up the Yari and the Pesai and Caqueta up to Chiriquete, the guy was like, "Oh, you have to take a rifle because you know for hunting and for security." And this was in the height of the conflict. I mean, the height of the real conflict. And uh, before the conflicts evolved, there's still conflict and so on. But this is up there in the park, controlled it, and we we're like, there are aeroplanes that that fly over these areas are able to pick up, you know, whether you're carrying a weapon or not. And so every night, and when we saw the military bombing the jungle from a long distance, um, we, we sat out in the open in white shirts because they were like, you know, no gorilla would be stupid enough to do so. Yeah. Right? Like, but um, I mean, I just think it is amazing. I can't talk you out of it because this is your lifestyle. I've try, I tried to do that on the Darien because I actually thought that was, I think that's more dangerous actually because of the, the nature now. And I think it's got even more dangerous since then. I've been up in Capragana four times this year and uh, watching the criminals. And they are criminals that organize the tracks. They make a million dollars a week. On, the char on charging people going through. So it's the clan del Golfo. But where you are, it's not the clan. They're far more, I would say, freelance groups, um, which may or may not be to your benefit. I would say that there's a real degree of lawlessness because you're so far out there. Um, I just, I'm just trying to imagine. I'm trying to imagine the picture. When I go, I mean, your website is merchanttraveler.com. Yep. You call yourself Merchant Traveler. Yep. Why so? You know what that was? It was just because I watched. Um, it was a old TV series about a guy that would travel. He would. He was traveling. I forgot it was called now, but he was on Netflix, and um, he was just. Um, he called himself a traveler because he was just traveling to these dodgy places, selling herbs and spices, <laughs> and it was back in the Roman days, and that's mm. where it came from. And so on there, I can see the map. Yeah. And will that be updated daily on where you are? Yeah, so there's two maps which I will have. On the website, it's a day delay. Mm. Just on the security side of things, if they see, oh, there's an English person or a foreigner in the area, then there's more likely to probably be targeted and robbed. Um, but, but my own, like my team in the UK and the security team, they have the 10-minute point-to-point coordinate, call coordinate, so every 10 minutes it's tracking. But the one on my website is a day but it will just go up the yeah. days it will go up into the satellite and yeah, then yeah. automatically so yeah. we will be able to follow you merchanttraveler.com yeah all right so as you imagine uh, how it's spelled yeah. um and last time when we were in touch as well you were you did ended up doing some uh short pieces for the bbc yeah. and for itv yeah. and when we, we had a group of people who were looking out for you yeah. a whatsapp group will we have that again because i know yeah. the, the guy from itv called me a few times yeah so i um, i did send an email the seven people so it's like the security team the tracking team the map um, the social marketing because i have a lot of two yeah. people that are doing on social media so yeah there's like a group of seven people that are involved and mm -hmm. i added you to it um, no family involved in this one just because of the extra emotions yeah um, just all professionals in what they do, people that can make a lot of noise in the UK, people that can make a lot of noise in Colombia, 
Right. So yeah. Will you add me to it, please? Yeah. yeah. Uh, please yeah. add me to it because again, I'm you know, in terms of the media, I'm, I'm, I'm connected yeah. and and to the embassy. Yeah. Uh, actually, seeing the um, so going to the embassy next week, I think, or the week after. So <laughs> I could drop a line to uh, Ambassador George and find out. Uh, but it would be really nice to know what's going on because, of course, you know, I've interviewed at least five times now. And I, while I will not be vicariously traveling through your, uh, through your expedition <laughs> at all, uh, I do want to know, and people do ask me about, about what's going on. I just, I, you know, I think one of the other things, and you're going to be fishing, you're going to be I guess you find heart of palm will be quite yeah. easy to get. Please stay away from mushrooms yeah. and things of that nature. Uh, you've done a course in tropical uh, botany and so on. I've to... done, spent a bit of time with the the company in the UK, Cornwall, which is uh, Eden Project. Yeah, and they've like top people in tropical plants and stuff. Um, so they've they've told you this is good for and, this. Yeah, bits and bobs, but oh. retaining that information is a whole new thing. How heavy is your pack? It is less than last time. So last year, uh, the daring gap is 27 kilos. I have carried, um, I have got the exact same things, but I've got less weighty ones, so more expensive, but they do the same job. So what it is, 23 kilos. 23 kilos is heavy. It is. It Especially is. when you'll be sweating and wet. Yeah. yeah. In the rain. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah. But then if you're in a canoe, well, hopefully it'll be a, a ballast for you as well, yeah. for the canoe. It's a... This is a big undertaking. Yeah. And the fact that we may not hear from you in three months, but yeah, I'm kind of speechless. Uh, check in wherever you can. Some of these small communities will have like a communication center yeah. that you can check in from. Because I, I don't know. This is, well, Joshua will accompany you for the first little bit. And he's, he's a fun guy and will give you able feedback. I don't think he's an expedition here of the same nature, but he'll give you able feedback. He's he's very much in tune with the let's say the human element of violence, yeah. <laughs> and and he'll be able to tell you the the story on the ground. I mean, getting to Mitu and stuff, he'll be able to see. Listen, these guys you want to stay away from these yeah. guys. He'll be able to see that. Uh, his his uh, you know his experience expands that. I, I don't really have that much more to say. I, do you have to give any shout outs to your sponsors then? Uh, just a huge thank you to the guys that are involved from Space to Talk, um, MGS, who's going to be paramount to this and the and the security side of things, and of course Hennessy Hammock, who have been on board for so long, um, and my Water to Go team as well. And at the end of this, I mean, do you think? I know you've spoken to Bear Grylls, but is this what you want to do? You want to be like a personality in expeditions? Yeah, I, I, an ideal job for me would be an organisation that would want someone to go and scout an area. Do you want to go to the Congo for six weeks mm. to check it out for us? That would be a dream. All right, I'd say yeah tomorrow. Mm, okay, so this is what you you mm. kind of want to be the see the ground scout to go in. Uh, for places, but it would end up being, I mean, that's either for NGOs or multinationals and things like that. And yeah. then the money would be, would be decent to live on. Of course yeah. it would be. Okay. So if you're out there listening and I know, I, I know I've got a lot of listeners in the U S you know, some in the UK, but a lot in the U S and that's where obviously so much income comes from. Uh, Daniel, I'm, I'm just going to say again, everybody, 
I'll put it up on the website and stuff because this will go out the day that Daniel leaves from here too. So next Tuesday, this the Tuesday you're listening to this is is Daniel's departure date from Bogota to Mitu in Bichada. Look at the map. I'm going to post the maps. I'm going to post links to his website, Merchant Traveler, um, and hopefully I'll be updated on the on the WhatsApp group and the and so on, so I can keep you guys informed because I get people asking about you. Uh, Normally, it's like, what's the mad guy doing now? Um, but, you know, I keep, it, I keep it clean. I keep it polite. All I can say is, you know, best of luck. You have prepared all that you can prepare. You know what you're getting into because you would do this in a foolhardy fashion. Uh, yeah. Uh, and again, sort of Godspeed, really. I mean, are you a religious guy? No, I think... I think I was in Colombia and I was speaking to somebody and they said you make sure you need to pray because they're in gap he was one of the wreckage troops in 2018 maybe mm. and he, the person said you can be in the middle of the jungle you can pray but you are no more important than that lizard yeah. which is just stood by me you can sit in the jungle and pray all you want but the lizard the lizard yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so well, that's it. And I, I wish you the best. And I hope to hear from you in under the three months, because when the three month mark comes around, I'm going to be, we're going to get start getting worried. Yeah. All right. So listen, everyone, merchanttraveler.com. Check in with me. Hopefully I'll have the information about where Daniel is, how he's doing. Um, we don't want him to become another news story like the lost, uh, lost and found children, the Witoto in Guaviare. Uh, so yeah, just just follow the Columbia Calling podcast, follow my posts, uh, and we'll keep you updated on where Daniel is. We can own. I know you all are wishing him well on, on his this journey. So thank you everyone for listening to the Columbia Calling podcast. I know you, you enjoy these episodes that are a bit more out there and people doing. Ah, crazier things, but at the same time trying to highlight some of the issues taking place in these areas. Daniel, thank you for your time, and again, best of luck. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Do write in, tell us what you think. The Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by... BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique private package of your own just complete the form on the columbia calling website that's www.columbiacalling.co or the bnb columbia tours website that's www.bnbcolumbia.com and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive colombian adventure so that's bnbcolumbia.com and latin news Dot com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors.
At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.